be seated this morning. I want to thank you for being here at Grace Church this morning, and I think that song is just so appropriate as we dive into the topic of parenting. And if you would uh, just uh, join me in prayer again, I just want to ask God's blessing to be upon this time as we get into the sermon. Father, I pray that as we enter the universe of parenting, it's so vast and there is so much to cover, and Lord, we know it's not going to be figured out in these moments, but I pray that you would bring greater clarity, you would give us some tools, you would give us some counsel um, to help us better uh, parent um, and and raise and lead our children and our families, and Father, I pray that you would speak through your word, you would speak through me, I pray that you would get me out of the way so that your spirit, Holy Spirit, have freedom to work in hearts and minds and lives today. We give you this time now, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, I wanted to start just by uh, giving a little bit of an update. We uh, are in week three of a four-week series called Love That Lasts. And for those of you, this is your first time here, I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Justin Ross. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Church. And last weekend, we had a really good time honoring moms. And I just want to say again, moms, we love you, we honor you, and I wanted to... uh, let you know that we had, we had a lot of fun. We gave chocolate away. We gave roses away. But there were some things going on downstairs. Uh, some of you may not know, some, some things happen downstairs every weekend. And so I kind of wanted to bring downstairs, upstairs, and just to let you know what was going on. We had a photo booth, and it was a confetti photo booth. And so I wanted to show you just a few pictures. I thought they were really fun. So just uh, check this out. Um, <clears throat> they had a really good time downstairs. Best mom ever. <laughs> and then Tammy got a face full right there. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so it was just a wonderful Sunday, and uh, uh, moms got some wonderful pictures with their, with their kids. And once again, we just want to say, moms, we honor you, and uh, we love you. Um, last Sunday, we talked about one of the most important keys to staying in love. Gosh, in the culture that we live in today, staying in love for a lifetime is becoming more and more of a of a rare thing. But one of the main keys that we talked about in regards to staying in love is the key of guarding your heart. In Proverbs chapter 4, King Solomon said, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do 
flows from it. And guarding your heart means that you pay attention to what's going on inside of you. When you guard something, you're very careful as to what is coming in, you're watchful, and you're very careful as to what is coming out. You guard your heart. And uh, we learn that what comes out of us has more to do with the condition of your own heart than it does the behavior of the person on the other side of you. The big idea that we, we dealt with last weekend was this. What's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. What's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. If you want to stay in love, you have to guard you, your heart. You have to pay attention to what's going on inside of you. And today, as we continue to talk about a love that lasts, we're going to be focusing in on the family, and specifically, we're going to be focusing in on the topic of parenting. And once again, we're in Proverbs chapter 4, and, and I have to say, you've got to read this chapter. Read it on your own. Um, it's so good. It's life-changing good. And let me just ask, have you read this chapter? Feel free to raise your hands. All right. Okay. All right. Those of you that haven't, I'm judging you right now. All right. All right. Just kidding. I'm not. I'm just saying you got to read it. It's so good. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's look at verses 5 through 7. And it says, get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Verse 7, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So we all know that parenting is a vast universe. It is, it is a huge topic. And we know that parenting is full of joy. Sometimes it's full of frustration, even misery at times. And it's also full of unimaginable rewards. To say parenting is difficult is a massive understatement. I heard a really good description of parenting a couple weeks ago, and it, and it went like this. It said, being a parent is like a cup with multiple straws in it, okay? And multiple straws are in this cup, and it's like all the little ones sucking the life right out of you, okay? That's what parenting is like. Not a bad description of the kind of demands that parents find themselves under each and every day. But the reality is, in the culture that we live in, often, not only do we have kids and, and, and home life, and, but often, both parents are working. Uh, often, we have demands with, with athletics and school and church, and we got all kinds of things tugging at our time and our energy. I... Uh, Trisha and I, we went to breakfast this past Friday with some friends of ours, and uh, we went to Baked over there in Bayfield. Um, have you been baked in Bayfield? That's like their commercial. It's kind of interesting. Anyways, it's a, uh, uh, a great restaurant, a lot, of, a lot of good food there, but we were sitting at the table with our friends, and, and this lady came in, and we, Trisha and I didn't know her, but our friends did, and she started talking and telling about her life, and they were interacting, and here's what her statement was, and I've heard this from many, many people, but she was like, I am crazy busy. She said, this weekend, I have to go to six graduations. And she was talking about one in Bayfield and a couple in Aztec and one in Farmington or something, and I'm like, man, where, where are the other three? I'm not sure 
But she said she had to go to six graduations. She had an athletic event that she was going to in Albuquerque. And she started listing other things. And her comment was, there's only one of me. You know, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? You know, when it comes to parenting, we need all the wisdom we can get. And sometimes we need all the help we can get. Sometimes we feel like that cup that has so many straws and there's not enough of us to go around. Solomon says, get wisdom, develop good judgment. He also says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. So in order to have a love that lasts, we need wisdom in the area of parenting. We need as much of it as we can get. And this morning, I hope to just give you a little bit of wisdom from God's Word, and hopefully it'll be uh, beneficial to you. We all know, once again, the universe of parenting is vast, and today I'm going to pull out two things. We're going into the universe of parenting, and I'm going to pick on two topics that we're going to focus in on. Two areas that I've noticed a lot of parents could use some help in. And the first area that we're going to talk about is how to manage our energy and our time. And the second area and this is a big one, is going to be on the topic of feedback. How do we receive feedback as parents? In all you're getting, get wisdom. So what does wisdom have to say about time and energy? So let's focus on these two for just a moment. Time and energy. Let's focus on these. What is... What is wisdom have to say about this. The reality is, there is usually less of each, less of time, less of energy than there are straws in our cup or those who want to take our energy and our time. Now listen, parenting is not mysterious. Even though parents are often faced with a lot of uncertainty, parenting is about merging leadership with effective communication. You're you're leading, you're influencing your children. You're communicating with your children every day, verbally, even non-verbally. You're communicating with them on a daily basis. And everything a parent does is a signal for that child to interpret or to internalize or to then respond with, with some sort of behavior. Parents, let me just start by saying there is hope when it comes to parenting. There is great hope for you. And here's the key. You have to make sure of one thing before anything else, okay? Dad, mom, listen, you have to make sure of one thing. You have to make sure that you are in control of both of these, of your time and your energy. You know, the first step is realizing that time and energy, your time, your energy is not unlimited. It's finite. You only have so much time to give. You only have so much energy. There's only so much time in a day. So therefore, we must handle time and energy like we do money. My encouragement to you is to budget your time, to budget your energy. When we budget our time, when we budget our energy, it forces us to prune our activities. So what do I mean by pruning? Consider a rose bush with me for just a moment. A rose bush produces more buds than it has the ability to sustain. 
it produces more buds than it can feed. And so the gardener has to distinguish the best from the good. The gardener has to cut sometimes good buds, leaving only the best to get the resources of the bush. Otherwise, it will be negatively affected. The, the rose bush will often wither up and die if, if it's not pruned. There are some branches often on a rose bush that are sick and they're not going to get well. The gardener has tried all he can do. No amount of fertilizer or minerals or medicine is going to help. There are, there, there's also branches that have just often died. They're, they're dead and they're just taking up space and so other branches need this space to have room to stretch their limbs. I know some of you are thinking, are you telling me to prune my kids? No. Okay, just travel with me just a second, okay? I'm talking about your activities. Okay, that's what we're focusing on. The gardener must clip the dead ones. And sometimes, and oftentimes, and my encouragement is, it's time to prune. So what about the area of parenting? Let me ask you, which meetings, what friends social networks that you're in, what, what groups or activities, what sports, what's, what, what are the activities in your life that are good, but they're not best? Which activities or even relationships that you're receiving encouragement or trying to get wisdom or feedback Which activities are sick and they're not going to get well? They're taking up that space of your time and your energy. Maybe you have too many straws in your cup. Maybe you're sacrificing the best things for good things. What activities do you need to prune? See, what pruning does is it leaves you with the things that actually matter. Whatever those things are, the health of your children, your marriage, your work, your spiritual life, your well-being. Church, I have seen far too many marriages and relationships sacrificed on the table of good, neglecting what was best. So many people, had their schedules were so full of good stuff that the best stuff got sacrificed. Pruning leaves you with what is most important, what really matters, the health of your children, your marriage, your work, your spiritual life, your well-being. So what if you budgeted your time and your energy? What if you saw, what if you literally wrote it down, you put it on a calendar, and you saw how much time, how much energy you have to spend, and spend it? Put it on a calendar, and the Here's what I would encourage you to do is to put the most important, the most vital things on your calendar first. What's most important to us? What's most important to my family, to to my well-being, to my spiritual growth? List it out. What's your priority? Because if you don't do that, the urgent will always get in the way. Something will always creep in. When you filled your calendar with priorities, now you're left with discretionary time or energy blocks that you can spend 
on whatever comes next on your priority list. So focus in on your priorities. What's most important for your family? What's most important? Have you even named it? Have you identified it? What is most important? Focus in on those priorities. And my encouragement is not to focus in on desire because the reality is, is we want to do everything. I want to do everything. I want to be a part of everything. But you cannot do everything. So priorities should drive our activities, not our desire. And when you do this, you begin to realize what reality truly is. There's only so much time, there's only so much energy that any of us have, and we must be in charge of making the choices of how we're going to invest our time and our energy. How are you investing your time? How are you investing your energy? You need to be in control of this. This time budgeting exercise, it will drive those hard decisions. And now, here comes the hard part. When you've done this and you've identified what what your time looks like and your energy and you've budgeted it, you've put it on a calendar, the hard part is now you have to say no. Now you have to say no to everything that there is not time left to do. You have to be able to say no. And these are the choices that drive every area of our life. What are we going to say yes to? What are we going to say no to? Even Jesus himself said, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. We're making decisions all the time that affect our families, that affect our spiritual life, that affect our physical health. We're making decisions in regards to our time and our energy. We're saying yes to things. We're saying no to things. But see, what happens is when our yeses get on the right side of things that really matter, now we're truly back in control. And we, we, we talked about this already. Sometimes it feels like we're out of control. And we don't control hardly anything. But what I'm talking about when I say control is the fruit of the Spirit. And that is self-control. We need to be, we need to have self-control when it comes to time and when it comes to our energy. Now we're focusing on the things that truly matter, that are truly vital. So what, what are you saying yes to? What are you saying yes to, church? My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in the straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Verse 13 of Proverbs chapter 4, take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. They are the keys to life. The second thing that I want to pull out of the universe of parenting is the topic of feedback. And I want to I share something with you that honestly has really been bothering me. And it's, it's things that I've heard. I've heard, I've heard here in, the, in the, the building of Grace Church. I've heard you know, on the ball fields. I've heard it a lot, and you've heard it too, and it goes like this. Don't tell me how to parent my kids. You can talk to me about anything, but don't tell me how to parent my kids. 
So here's the orienting question, okay? Here's, here's the diagnostic question. What does a person do or what do you do when the truth comes to them or when the truth comes to you? When you get feedback. What does a person do when reality comes to them? One of the biggest responsibilities of a parent is is to determine what reality is. But what you do, or what do you do rather, what do you do if you're trying to give reality to someone and they're allergic to that reality? And listen, I'm not going to act like feedback is just all easy. Sometimes the truth really does hurt. It's not easy to receive feedback sometimes. And and how we give feedback is so important. Some people are really bad at it. They're not respectful. They're not kind. It's the most inappropriate time. I mean, there's good ways to give feedback. But listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna work from the premise this morning that we're good at giving feedback, that we're kind, that we're loving, that we're we're giving the appropriate feedback, that we're doing it at the right times. But let me ask again, what do you do? when the truth comes to you. Now, everyone is not the same. So, therefore, you cannot deal with everyone the same. And I'm going to give you three categories of people when it comes to feedback. And honestly, I hate lumping people into categories, okay? But this is just true, all right? I'm sorry. This is true. And I'm actually going to use the language of the Bible to do this. The Bible puts people into three categories specifically in the book of Proverbs. The Bible says that some people are wise. The Bible says some people are fools. And the Bible says that some people are just plain wicked. And the reality is that all of us have some of these parts in us. And some of us, you know, we just, we just like to make a career out of one of them, right? That's kind of how it works. But let, let's deal with the easy one first, okay? We're going to talk about the wise. So what is a wise person? Remember, we're, we're kind of dealing with the topic of feedback, receiving feedback. What is a wise person? The description of a wise person is this, okay? This is my amazing artistic ability, okay? This is the sun, just in case you were wondering, all right? The description of a wise person is this. When the light comes to them, they adjust themselves to the light. When the truth comes to them, they identify, oh my goodness, I need to change. I need to adjust. And they listen and they respond to the light that comes to them. They change themselves or they change something to match reality. That's wisdom. Proverbs 9.9 says, Correct a wise person and they will be wiser. They will listen to it. They will learn from it. We can get better as parents when our character is big enough and our ego is small enough to listen to the light to receive feedback and instruction and to change. The wise person listens to the truth and they adjust accordingly. You know, another uh, 
quality of the wise person is something that I really love. When, when you confront a wise person, this is what you see. Oh, his eyes look funny. A big old smiley face. A wise person says, thank you. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for caring enough about me that you were willing to speak into my life. Thank you. I'm going to think on what you, what you have shared with me, and I'm going I'm to pray about it, and I'm going to make adjustments where I need to make adjustments. Thank you. Thank you for sharing feedback with me. What's the description of a fool? A fool, honestly, a fool may actually be the smartest person in the room. They're gifted, they're talented, and oftentimes they are. But their character problem is this. They don't do like the wise person. They don't adjust themselves when the light comes to them. The foolish person, when the light comes, they try to adjust the light. Okay, that's what a foolish person does. It hurts their eyes. They're allergic to it. They try to dim it. They try to adjust the truth. They're, they're deflecting. They're saying, oh, it's the light. It's not me. It's the light. It's, it's the truth that's coming to me. That's what we need to change. It's not me. I don't need to change because I already know it all. I got it all figured out. And Don't tell me nothing. What gives you the right to tell me anything about my kids? I mean, look at your kids. Seriously, you know? I mean, that's how that response is. Instead of saying, gosh, I I don't expect you to be perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I want to hear what you have to say. A fool already knows it all. They don't care what you have to say because they already know. Instead of listening, instead of learning, instead of benefiting from the feedback, the foolish person takes offense. Oftentimes they get angry. And let me say this, whenever you give feedback to someone and their first reaction is to be defensive, let that be a warning to you that you might be dealing with a foolish person. A foolish person denies, they minimize, they externalize it, they shoot the messenger. And you see this smiley face right here? This is what you get with a fool, okay? You get the frowny face, all right? That's what you get with the fool. They're not happy to hear the feedback. They don't want to listen to it. And oftentimes they get angry. In Proverbs 9-7, Solomon said, do not correct a fool. Okay, it gets even better. He goes on to say, lest you incur insults upon yourself. Look at your kids. You know, they're deflecting. They don't want to look within at all. They're going to pick you apart. That's the shoot the messenger part. Don't confront a mocker lest they hate you, Solomon says. So so what is our strategy when we are trying to give feedback to fools? Here's the strategy. Stop talking. Stop talking. And honestly, it goes back to the pruning conversation. Their allergy to the reality will often negatively begin to influence you. And it brings us right back to Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. 
Guard your heart. But church, let me say, here's the great news. Here's the great news. There is hope for fools. You know what I love most about fools, besides being a recovering fool myself? Is there is great hope for us. Jesus died for fools. All of us are foolish to some degree. Fools can change. That's the hope that we have. It may be that they're foolish for shame reasons, or maybe they're foolish out of fear reasons, or gosh, the the way they were brought up, that's all they have to lean on, and so they're just foolish because their father and mother were foolish. Maybe they give excuses because they don't want to let people down. They're just, man, they're so, they want to please people so much, it actually makes them foolish. Let me ask you, what do you feel when someone gives you feedback? What is the feeling that you have when someone gives you feedback? Some of us, some of us will get honest and we'll say, man, I just feel so bad or I feel like I let everybody down. And that's when we can rally around them, we can support them, we can help them. But my point is you need to know what's going on inside of you. You've got to guard your heart. I mean, why is it that you get so mad when people are trying to make you better? What, what, why is the ego in the way? What's, what's that defensive mechanism that's you know, rising up? What is that? Why are you always trying to adjust the light? Why are you unwilling to adjust yourself? Here's the principle. Okay? Listen, listen to this. Fools do not change when reality or truth is presented to them. Fools change when the pain of not changing becomes greater than the pain of changing. Often it has to involve pain for a fool to change. Let me say that one more time. Fools change when the pain of not changing becomes greater than the pain of changing. Justin, let me ask you, what what would be the main ingredient that would help a fool move from this category to this category? What would help a fool to move into the wisdom category? I believe the main ingredient is humility. It's being able to say, I don't know it all, and I'm going to seek help. I'm going to seek counsel. I'm going to lean on people that are further down the road than I am. And I don't expect them to have it all figured out. I don't expect them to be perfect. But this crazy little thing called pride, this crazy little thing called ego, often keeps us from being in this category because we just reject any feedback. We reject what anybody has to say because we already know it all. Be willing to listen. Be willing to learn. You, you don't know there every, everything there is to know about parenting. So listen. Learn a few things. Be willing to change yourself. Be willing to adjust yourself. Stop trying to change the light. Let the light change you. Lastly this morning, I, I wish I didn't have to talk about this last category, but we do. Because the reality is, is there, there are wicked people. The Bible talks about wicked people. And these are people that have destruction in their hearts. They want to inflict pain. And I've seen this, and you've got to believe it. When you try to give a wicked person truth, 
Or when the light comes to a wicked person, it makes them crazy. And what they will try to do is they will try to bring destruction. Don't do as the wicked do. And don't follow the path of evildoers. Verse 15 in Proverbs 4. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. Verse 17. They eat the food of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence. Obviously, you don't want to live in this category. You don't want to be anywhere near this category. Not only do wicked people not listen to the light, not only, you know, they don't adjust themselves, they don't even try to adjust the light. Wicked people try to destroy the light. They are against the light. They are against truth. And once again, we go back to the example of the rose bush. Some pruning may need to happen. If you're running in the circles or if you're on the path of the wicked, Solomon is saying, don't even go that way. Like you need to get off that path. You need to stop running in those circles and you need to get around some people that are wise and maybe some people that are even a little bit foolish, but they're trying to be in this category. They're trying to be wiser in how they parent. You need to stay clear of this category. You need to stay clear of wicked. Don't go that way, Solomon says. So parents, let me, let me ask you, are you willing to budget your time? Are you willing to, to look at what, what are you giving your time to? What are you giving your energy to? Are you saying yes to that which is best for your family and for your marriage and for your own well-being? Are you willing to prune the activities that, that may be good, but they're keeping you from what is best? Let me ask you, how's your character? You know your heart. How's your character doing? When you're presented with the light, when you're presented with truth, are you willing to change? Are you willing to walk in the light? I'm going to end the message this morning by inviting you to Jesus, and then I'm also going to invite you to the GLS Let me just say this, church. Jesus is the way. He is the only one who can bring hope to the hopeless. He can transform. He can heal a broken heart. Jesus is good. He's for you. He's not against you. He will help. He will guide you to be the best parent that you can be. The problem is always sin. And the answer is always Jesus Christ. So I invite you to give your life to him, to follow him, to to do what he says, because his way is best. You can trust him. I also want to take just a moment to invite you to the Global Leadership Summit here at Grace Church, and and we're going to be hosting the Global Leadership Summit this August 10th and 11th. And the Global Leadership Summit, what, what it is, it's a great resource to help you get better as a parent, as a person with influence, because the reality is we all have influence. The GLS is one of the best leadership conferences that you could attend, and here's the the great thing about it. It is unapologetically Christ-centered. 
The GLS is not just for business leaders or church leaders, although they will greatly benefit from it if they attend, but it's also a tool to help you be a better mother, to help you be a better father. Because everyone has influence. All of us do. And we've been instructed, even today, to chase after wisdom. And this is something, as a church, that we're doing. We're hosting the GLS because we believe it's a great tool to help us grow in wisdom. And one of the main responsibilities that I have as a pastor is to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry. And what is ministry? Ministry is everywhere. Ministry is your job. Ministry is your family and your church and your personal life. And we are hosting the GLS without apology to help equip you, to build you up. We're not trying to get something from you. We're trying to get something for you. We're trying to equip you, to help you, to give you encouragement and inspiration. We're trying to give you some tools that you can use in your life. Let me just say the best time to sign up for this Global Leadership Summit is in two weeks. In two weeks, we're going to be having what we call a Taste of the Summit Sunday. Um, We're going to have a special speaker, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle, and we're going to encourage you to invest in your leadership, to invest in your influence. And so we're going to encourage you to sign up in two weeks to attend this. This is going to be a great opportunity to help you grow in wisdom. And in just a moment, uh, Beth Treadway is actually going to share about her experience attending last year's GLS. But before she does, let me close in prayer. And uh, I'm going to pray specifically for parents this morning. I'm going to pray that we do a good job of managing our time and our energy. And I'm going to pray that we live in this category, that we will walk with the wise and we will be wiser still, that we will be willing to receive feedback. Let me go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this time. I pray that people were encouraged and built up. And Lord, I know, gosh, I love the way Daniel put it is that song, We Just Need You. Sometimes it feels like it's out of control. But Father, I'm praying specifically for parents right now. I pray that they would fight to have self-control, that they would manage their time and their energy well. Father, I pray for parents that they would be willing to receive feedback, that they would humble themselves and just realize, I don't have it all figured out, and they would be willing to listen to the right counsel, to godly counsel, the right influence. Lord, I pray that you would bless parents as they raise their children. I pray that we would raise up great men and women of God, great men and women who go into this world into the, you know, into the communities, and man, they, they do great and mighty things because of the influence and the leadership of their dad and their mom and their grandparents and, and hopefully their church. Gosh, I just pray that you would bless the families of Grace Church, Lord. I pray that your favor would pour out upon them, that your hand of blessing would be upon them. We give you this time now in Jesus' name. Amen.